It's everyone's favorite show about all things Utah. A show where four hosts, and sometimes a guest, discuss whatever they want regarding Utah, and mostly stay on topic. It's the new Utah Podcast, with your hosts, Bree, Chris, Jeremy, and Jessica. We should have done a new one for the new year. By, no? by we, do you mean me? Yes. Because I don't hear any of you motherfuckers' voice on that thing. You didn't ask. Yeah. She has a point. I didn't. You guys want to do a different intro? <laughs> <laughs> we could. Okay. Oh, hey, by the way, speaking of our intro, just because the music was part of it, but um, Peter finally got our card yesterday. Nice. Oh, my goodness. Our Christmas so. card. <laughs> How difficult did you make the address? Oh, it was awesome. It wasn't difficult, actually. Um, oh, let where, me see if it's still on. Where's the new calendar? Um, we have to go get one, Dorcas. I thought we bought it already. No, we always wait until after. And no, we didn't. I thought when we bought ours, we bought the new one for here. We didn't. We looked, but we didn't buy one. Damn it. Now I don't even know what fucking day it is. That's what I'm saying. So. I do know it's episode 241. So, so it cost a lot because of where I sent it. It's fucking Ireland. Right, but I also, we made those pins like back in March. I made pins for him. I don't know oh, if you yeah. knew that. <laughs> but anyway, so I addressed it to the um, the Peter Donegan, the greatest gardener designer in all the lands. That's all it said. <laughs> and and then his town. That's it. <laughs> I love the Ireland. The Irish mm-hmm. post is awesome. Yep. Oh, the gal at the post office when I took it there, she thought it was the coolest thing that she had ever heard. She's, she's like, like, can you please come back here and mail more? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I'll like, mail him letters all the time. I- Ireland in this town. Um, okay, we'll try. Oh, anyway, so he, my, sorry, my point was that he used bootleggers dance on his Instagram story. Oh, to show nice. that he posted about our cards. So. Nice. nice. That's great. And that's the, in case you didn't know, that's the Folk Hogan song that talks us in and talks us out and that I talk over. Um, taco. You said taco like three times. That's, are you hungry? because we're hungry. <laughs> it's Taco Tuesday. So hungry. Fuck, you know what I never have on Tuesdays because we tacos. podcast is tacos. Anything. You've made tacos before. Have for I made us? tacos on Tuesday? Street tacos. Street tacos. Oh, I have. That's it's been right. a while, but yeah. Yeah. For someone, something. I don't know. Uh, now, <laughs> for my birthday. <laughs> I might go to Taco Bell when you guys leave my house and have the shits tomorrow. <laughs> At least go to Taco Time. Their line's longer. There's a Taco yeah, Time it's better. Yeah, just by the Harmons. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're closed on Sundays. Oh, yeah, huh. it's, now, it's now a Big Rod's Taco Time, but it's not the Big Rod's Taco Time that makes all the burgers and sandwiches. That's the one by shakes. me. Well, that's a lot of the Big Rod's, uh, but I think they, they bought that franchise, too, over there. So, Big Rod's a good guy. Big Rod. He drives a small small truck. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's the beard straightener? Did you, have you tried it ever since last, since... Uh, I Do you mean, even know where I put it away? It's somewhere. Bri- I put it Bri- away it because he me. left it like all out the way that you guys played with it for two days. I was going to play with it again before the party. I was going to do it for the party and it wasn't where I left it. And so and I, then instead of asking, he just, it's gone. I put it away. No, I, I, I put it away. Yeah, but where, where is away? Because it didn't have a home yet. I put it in the pantry of all of our. Like in thermometers and no, like the linen closet. Okay, pantry. that's not a pantry. <laughs> the bottom shelf is closet. kind of a pantry. No, it's not. It's got medicine. Is there any food? Um, there might be some gummies or something. 
But it's where our, like our heating pad is and where our, like our thermometer thing is and uh, all that kind of stuff. It just it seemed like that was a logical place because it won't fit with my straightener. Yeah, so I'm not putting it in the drawer. Can't, with can't have it in the drawer with the woman's stuff because it's a manly thing. <laughs> she doesn't want it to man all over her stuff. <laughs> I'm just. Can we call it that from now on? What? Just manning. Manning all over your stuff. Yes. <laughs> but what? That's going to be the term for the year. Manning. Manning, mm-hmm. manning on your Manning, manning on your stuff. Maybe we've already found the uh, on your the stuff show title. on yourself. Manning. Oh, just I want to point a out. Sock. Pantry. The Definition of pantry is a room or closet in which food, groceries, and other provisions. Uh, and kept- other provisions. There's contact solution in there. There's medicine <laughs> Those in aren't there. Provisions. Provisions. Those are provisions. Oh, no. Those are toiletries. Yes. Which are provisions. Nope. <laughs> they are provisions that I need to survive. Let's see what provisions is. I'm just going <laughs> to. This is a dictionary episode. That was like, that was my word for last year. I used that word a lot. The Divisions. providing or supplying of something, especially of food. Yeah, but it just says especially. It just says something. Just because it's especially food doesn't mean it's only food. It's not a pantry. It's a linen closet. You even said it's the linen closet pantry, which we've never once called it that <laughs> until tonight. <laughs> so don't. But I do call it the pantry by accident a lot. <laughs> Well, that's because you store food in there. I don't understand why. You, you know what? Like- there is food in there. There are Cadbury cream eggs hidden in there. <laughs> Pantry. Now I know where the stash is. No, you just know that they're in there. You don't know where. Oh, I can find them. It ain't that fucking big. They're in the bottom of the soap bag. The bag with all the, the soap from Olio. No. That would be a good idea, though, to hide the scent. But no. I have a special drawer. Like the Olio I have soap. a special drawer that has just my Olio stuff in it. Um, so anyway, this is a show not about Chris and Bree's linen closet pantry or manning on stuff. Uh, this is a show about Utah. We like to talk about Utah. Um, hey, our linen closet pantry is in Utah. So um, <laughs> how was everyone's New Year? Uh, New Year itself is all right. Just nothing real crazy. Yeah. Played games. The kids did video games and the oculus the vr stuff vr stuff and then we went to bed yeah we watched a couple movies almost missed midnight um we were watching the really shitty like Times square thing <laughs> it was bad it was not good where jayla was wearing a cage on her face yeah that was weird it was weird <laughs> talk about someone manning all over her um uh what about Wouldn't you that be a comeback story wow that's messed up dude uh, I stayed home by myself and I ate pizza and watched the Twilight Zone marathon. How's Ron doing? He's doing okay. Okay. Yep. Good. Good. He, he cleaned some of the basement, so Whoa. that's nice. Yep. Wow. Did you kick out your other roommate yet? No, but I did interview another one. Okay. So. Did you, did you just like open their door and be like, this is the room you're going to be staying in. It won't have this stupid boyfriend in it when you stay. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is we have that? two of an empty room. <laughs> oh, but I thought you were kicking the other one out. Right? I haven't made a definite decision yet. Is the boyfriend still hanging out there? He has and... not been there. Good, good. Yep. Did you like start punching him in the face? Uh, no. You should have. I should have. Get yourself a gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, violent that I know of. He's like mentally abusive. <laughs> okay. So maybe you should be mentally abusive back to him. I did. I told him he can't come over anymore. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. 
Anyways, piece, no. Piece of shit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't made a definite decision yet. So is what he did to her manning as well? <laughs> they definitely, he's definitely manned, I'm pretty sure. He's yeah. man, manned all over her. Ugh. That's why you need new carpet in there. That's gross. <laughs> Fuck! Oh. Come on! <laughs> Well, eventually I will replace that carpet. But I am getting new carpet next week in my bedroom and in the living room. Ooh, so. congratulations. I don't yeah. think I can name this episode Manning after that. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. What did you think I meant? You guys are fucking nasty. <laughs> I was talking about like mansplaining and stuff as a short term. Not, oh, come on. Not, no. It was no. the way that you said it. <laughs> oh, man. Our poor guest has to follow this. (laughs) She'll laugh the whole fucking time. (laughs) She will. There were there were points where she literally was like pulled away and and just laughing so hard she couldn't talk. We'll have to have her like in studio once she comes back to Utah. Yeah, and it's not it's not disease ridden. Yes. Um, speaking of diseases, well, she would have been in studio, but she happened to be out of town right now. So she was she was out on the island. Uh, Um. Not watching orcas. No, because they're not they're not on the island. They're out in the fucking ocean. Um, <laughs> did you guys? I was talking to someone about this today. Um, did you guys? Do you guys make New Year's resolutions at all? Mm-hmm. Nope. Have you ever in the past? Probably when I was younger. It's just not something I do. The resolution that I have is that I need to find a way to. Your Google wants to know what your, uh, <laughs> your resolutions are. Oh, it says, how can I help? <laughs> you can help by going away. Um, no, uh, the one thing that uh, I know about New Year's is it's the worst time to go to the gym right now. And um, I don't want to. But it's nice because like, if you go to Tidal, it's still regulated and you still have to make an appointment. So you're not going and showing up with I, a million I mean, newbies. I love Tidal, but I got to cancel my membership and it requires me to go up there and talk to them. And- it's just so far. And when you're tired, it just makes it There's, one more step for not going. It's an hour commitment just to get there. It I've takes, been a member for almost eight years. I understand. I know. I know. <laughs> but I go to the fucking gym that's five minutes away. And I, I love the classes, but I just can't. Like, it's hard to, to make that. But I didn't, you know, I didn't want to cancel the membership because I think it helped. Uh, I think it helped the, the gym quite a bit uh, during during COVID here. So I've kind of been a little reluctant. But it's not cheap. So, but anyway, that wasn't the point. The point was gyms fucking suck after New Year's and now where there's restrictions in a lot of them in terms of like how many people can be there and like our gym at Kearns like every other machine is taped off so you don't have people close to each other because you're fucking sweating and and breathing hard and you're gonna pass COVID a gym's the place yeah I mean that's where you're gonna get a lot of the respiratory droplets do people I'm just asking because my friend Kelly asked you do people wear masks while they're working out no god no it's like like they don't even while they're walking around once they're in the workout area yeah once once you're in the cardio room or in the weight room the mask just comes off and they don't wear it the whole time i do i wear mine all the way to the bike and then i you unless i'm like super hot after my workout and just like can't bear to i wear it to go get my 
cloth to clean my bike and everything. Yeah, I mean, I wear it as soon as I'm done. Um, but like when you're when you're moving around to lift weights, it's just not practical to put a mask on and take it off. And but a lot of and you would have more stuff on your hands, I think, anyway, if you did that because you'd be constantly touching your mask. Yeah, and a lot of the workout that I do at the gym, I do you know, free weight circuit training stuff. So I'll grab a bench and be in a corner or a little box that no one's in. And they kind of have some of the benches like boxed off too, the, like where they don't want people moving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they've done a good job of like now at Kearns, they have two different areas where there's free weights. Um, so it makes it a little bit easier to split people up and they're not all in the same spot. So, and they've even some of their, their tension machines, they've roped off because they're just too close to other ones. So, I mean, they've done a pretty good job, but I, I just know like every other year and we don't go to the gym every day because we do the, the walks in the morning, but every other year, um, you know, post the first of the year, it's a fucking circus in there. It's so stupid how many people are there. And then by February, the numbers cut in half. And then by March, it's the same people that are always fucking there every other day. And so, um, every once in a while you'll get like one that'll stick around. You know, one or two people that'll stick around long term, but most of the time everyone's done by like March. Uh, but yeah, I was just, I don't make resolutions. They're meant to be broken and I don't feel like they work. So I usually don't make New Year's resolutions, but I usually try and do, um, something for Lent because Lent is something that's supposed to make your life more positive. Like, do you do things like, like give up coffee? Well, you, the thing is, yes, yes. The, the, yeah, the person who doesn't ever drink coffee, that would be like just saying she gives up drinking. That's liquor. what I'm saying. I'm giving up scotch. I'm not drinking any more scotch. I'm giving up coffee. Just as giving up liquor. It makes our lives better to not have something that we don't already consume. It's true. No, that's, that's, a, win, that's a, a win-win right there. The fact that you're able to hold on to those bottles and not drink them, that is a sacrifice. <laughs> that is a fact. But I usually do something for Lent, which is like February, March time. For um, Easter, you mean? For Lent. Mm-hmm. Not for Easter, for Lent. When does Lent end? It's 40 days before Easter, Chris. I don't know when Easter is, so I don't know when Lent is. <laughs> it's Friday before Easter. Right? Doesn't it end on Good Friday? <laughs> yes. So it's for Easter. It's pre-Easter. So anyway, I usually try and do something for that because... It's become, and, and I think that's probably more here in, in America than most places where people give something up. So like, I don't want to call her out. Not that she's ever going to listen to this podcast, but, but like Gina Barberi, she gives up fries, but then she goes back and she eats fries after she's done. So the point of Lent is to do something that improves your life. So if you're eating too many fries and you give them up for Lent, you shouldn't go back to eating a lot of fries. If you give up smoking for Lent, you should not start smoking when Lent is over. No, you go to edibles. <laughs> so. <laughs> or the patch. So the, so I try not to give something up. I try to do something. And I have never been successful at this in the last probably, oh, it's Cassie. I, <laughs> I try to have more patience because I have very, very little patience. So I don't make a New Year's resolution, but I do try and do something for Lent. You're just patient for a month and a half? I, I don't even ever succeed that long. <laughs> Chris is like, no. <laughs> I, I really don't have patience. She does try a lot more, though. She recognizes it a little bit more. Um, yeah. 
Jody gave up Snickers for Lent and didn't eat Snickers for fucking ever. After she didn't that. give it for Lent. She gave it up for the because that guy said that if she gave up Snickers, he'd give up like alcohol, and she oh, still yeah. doesn't eat Snickers. Oh no, no, it was smoking. He'd stop smoking. Smoking. If, if she, and she still that. doesn't eat Snickers, and she doesn't even know him anymore. That's a goddamn lie. She's eating that fucking Snickers salad. She, she makes. doesn't eat it. Yes, yeah, she has. I've seen her do it. She does not eat the Snickers. She but eats she used stuff. to eat a lot of Snickers. Like a lot of that's good Snickers satisfy. Yes, they do. Yes, they satisfy. Hey, you've had that salad that she makes with like mm-hmm. it's a salad. It's Cool Whip, and Snickers, apples. and fucking apples, mm-hmm. and it is delicious. And I hate them every time they make it because I eat a lot of it, and it fucking it's easy to eat a lot of it. it always when I've made it, it goes up. so fast. It always fucks me up because it is way too much Cool Whip. Because it's not the same as eating a, a cool whole whip. Snickers. It's not the same as eating a whole Snickers. You eat like four. No, like, but when you taste it, it's <laughs> yeah. not as rich. Yeah, what he said though, because you eat like four of the right. Fuckers. But my point is, is it's not like when you sit down and you eat a candy bar and it's rich and you taste the candy bar every time. There's, the apples give it like and a little cream. refreshing. Yeah, like it. It's like a good Moscow Mule, and then you realize you've had four. Yeah, exactly. Did you guys know Helen Keller didn't exist? What? what? <laughs> You're on TikTok. You know that's a thing. You had to have seen it. No. So it's just this thing that's going around. It's trending on Twitter right now <laughs> because of it. And I just have to read the very first tweet from this mom that I just lost. Crap. Hold on a second. You can keep going. No. I just lost it. No, we'll just sit patiently. No. <laughs> sit and quiet. <laughs> that's our podcast. Right. You helped your Sorry. kids move, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we knew it was coming up. They moved from O-Town down here to Riverton. So O-Town is not an orgasm, guys. No. It is Ogden. It's not Ogden. like Manny. <laughs> it's not like Manny. <laughs> I just want, as you talk about your daughter and her long-term boyfriend, I want you to think about Manny, oh, Jeremy. No, thank you. No, it's too late. Now you so, gotta think about it. They had it all set up for people to help him move. Do you think he's manned all over her? In the- Ew, <laughs> what the hell? I'm just trying to ruin it for him. Oh, it's ruined. <laughs> So they had it all set up for people to help load there, and then they were going to come down here, and we had people set up. So I came, asked her the night before, is everything set up? Are you good to go? Yep. The morning of, everything good to go? Yep. Around noon, everything good? You, you getting close? Yep. So I'm going about my normal Saturday, when at one thirty I get a phone call. We need your help. We got to have you come up here. This isn't working. We don't have enough people. So They didn't have that big of a place, did they? No, but man, they had a lot of crap. So we ended up driving up there. You accumulate a lot of shit when you're young because you have nothing to begin with. So you hang on to everything. So I went up there, got them all loaded, came back down here, got them unloaded. So they are moved except for they have a storage unit up there. And I'm like, you're on your own for that. Yep. They did order. They did get a U-Haul, though, which helped. So it wasn't like loading up a bunch of trucks. However, we had taken two trips the previous week of just smaller stuff to kind of help them out. Oh, they got a lot of stuff. I moved my whole other house in like two or three U-Haul trips. A whole house with two kids and all of this shit that yeah, comes along a with a whole kids. house. And having lived in that house for 14 but, years. But, but a whole house was not a big whole house. This house would take a lot longer. Did you? No, but I wait. Did you box t- everything up? Yeah. Well, Did you, you have go. it all ready to go? Semi, not yeah. not really. So she's loading stuff into garbage bags as we're waiting. <laughs> so, so who died, Jess? No, it's relevant because it's actually about daughters too. So Helen Keller and daughters. So this mom 
says, this tweet sent me to each of my daughter's room to affirm that they both know we live in a round earth where six million Jews once perished at the hands of Nazis and Helen Keller did the damn shit attributed to her. <laughs> they confirmed. I said they could stay. Helen Keller is real. <laughs> Hashtag Helen Keller is real. <laughs> I can't believe that's a fucking thing. It is a thing. I don't know. There are so many fucking idiots in this world. So many. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Real Housewives <laughs> of Salt Lake City. They weren't I, almost, idiots this week. I, uh, no, no. I, you can't say that with a straight no. face. I almost flipped over to that channel and watched them yesterday. And then I was like, nope, I don't want to do it. Well, it was really funny because last week we did the food for City Weekly's Best Of. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of the cast members were at HSL, which was one of... The places that the we fancy about. places, the fancy number two, places. fancy smancy. <laughs> yes, very fancy schmancy. Um, but so they spent some time. I didn't realize that um, Heather's business, which is Beauty Lab Laser, it's up in what did I say, like fiftieth and seventh east, whatever that is. Uh, is that Murray? Would yeah. that be? Anyways. That's by all the the blacked out massage parlors. It's next to Big Lots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anyways, but her at. business hasn't been open for that long. Um, they actually showed, I mean, it had, but they moved to their current location, like while they were filming, um, this season, which was filmed last winter. So, um, I thought that was really cool. And then I just wanted to talk to you guys about something. One of, so two of the women on the show own beauty companies. One is a skincare line, a natural skincare line, and then beauty laser lab. So that's like, uh, facials, mm-hmm. Botox, stuff like that, filler, stuff like that. And something they talk about on the show a lot is how um, Mormon women and plastic surgery go hand in hand. Oh, Would yeah. you say that that's a fact? Fuck yeah. You ever been to South Jordan? Yes. You ever been to a gym Sandy. in South Jordan? I actually... <laughs> There's a lot of fake titties there. <laughs> Chris is like... <laughs> I actually I'm only know... <laughs> I actually only personally know three people that have had plastic That's surgery. still three people. And none of them are Mormon. No, one's Mormon. The other ones are not Mormon. I'm just telling you, you as think, a young do adult you think, who worked out at gyms in South Jordan, there are a lot of fake tits in South Jordan and they're all Mormon moms. I'm hoping to get a, a couple of these gals on the show sometimes, sometime in the year. I don't Maybe know. Maybe shouldn't say things like Manning and fake titty. <laughs> <laughs> they podcast, you can say whatever like you want. No, no, they would, actually, the they would actually laugh. Um, what if I talk to them about Mary fucking her grandpa? But I don't know. She is barely that, was on this episode. Is that like taboo on the show? Does anyone talk about yeah. like how she's fucking a 30 yeah. It's very much a topic. You're her senior man. Yeah, it's very much a topic. Jesus. Um, He's got to be worried about COVID. But my... my <laughs> He's my, in the high risk group. But why do you think that's a standard in Utah? Like you have Los Angeles, which it's about like being pretty and being by the beach in Hollywood. But why do you think that because is a being, thing for... In, being Mormon is about being perfect. Yep. And being perfect in, also includes that you should being look Being a perfect young. wife. Well, yep. being perfect, it's a Utah Mormon thing. Let's be clear. When you're in a uh, an area surrounded by 60% of other Mormons, the judgments are real. Mm-hmm. And so you are trying to project this perfected image of things. And I, it doesn't strike me odd at all that that happens. I mean, look at, look at the, okay. Look at the stereotypical Mormon, like person in their twenties and thirties in this state, like female, their fucking hair all looks the same. 
It's bleach blonde with now highlights of a darker color. None of it's their natural color. Um, they wear the same fucking outfits. There's like a Mormon standard uniform that's like, uh, nice, like, off the shoulder dress with a fucking tank top under it or like it's something. It's not off else. the shoulder. Those are, t- they're tank tops with t-shirts under That's, that's it. Yeah. That's a pretty standard Mormon attire. Like it, I, they're all like melded together and I, it doesn't surprise me at all. The, the Botox and stuff like that, uh, keeps on going. Also, I think the other reason is, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a public health crisis in the state of Utah, uh, of pornography <laughs> and, you know, if a woman wants to keep her husband who's addicted to porn, she's got to look like the porn stars. So she starts to get up in years and she's in her forties and her late fifties. And <laughs> Brie looked at me. She, for those of you that can't see what's going on. Um, but for, for, you know, women that are in their late forties and fifties, um, and they want to stay with their husband and don't have him leave because he's addicted to porn, they got to look like the porn stars. So of course we haven't heard much about porn since COVID came around. You think that that's like okay? Let me be clear. Let's get some numbers for you. No, no, no. I mean, from like the government. Like, I promise you. I promise you. I'm sure the the number of porn. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not his point. His point is when an actual crisis came along. Suddenly, porn. All of a sudden, that's not as big. That's all I'm saying. Should we tweet Todd Weiler? (laughs) Ask him. We can ask Todd. How's your porn addiction? <laughs> oh, fucking balls. Um <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm not on my game tonight. I'm okay. sorry, guys. You don't have to be on a game. <sighs> um Should we do a recap of 2020? A news recap? Can, can yeah. we do like a Top top things of 2020 before we talk to our guest. Our, our guest, by the way, guys, is uh, uh, Jill Blankenship um, from um, uh, OurDivorce.com. She is uh, Tom Milligan's partner, and she is a very successful uh, self-made businesswoman. Um, so we'll talk to her in just a little bit. We've already talked to her in case you haven't picked up on that yet. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some Utah stuff. Um, uh, real quick. Um, I need to write her name down. I'm going to fuck it up later. Some top news. Um, so just the top stories of 2020. So obviously the biggest story of 2020 before we get into these is COVID, right? The complete monumental, like globally social economic life changing pandemic that is COVID. And I'm, there's another case in my office. I saw that. I saw that. Um, and the thing with COVID is, I don't know, maybe we just don't talk about COVID. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about it all damn it's like year. Fight club. I mean, I, I, I'm curious in five, ten years, when we look back on this period, if one, if we're going to actually learn the lessons that we should learn uh, or learn any lessons at all in how to deal with this. And two, if we're going to actually make meaningful change in how we react to situations. Um, but I don't know. I haven't really looked at these, so I don't know how many of these are COVID related. Um, but these are, um, a couple of things. So the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, we'll start with that one. Um, Salt Lake Tribune put out the most Utah stories of 2020. Do you want to start there or do you want to start with the most red KSL? Let's do the most red. Well, that's where we all did and then you like. <laughs> Uh, well, they're, they're opposite on your show notes. If you pay attention to your show notes, I don't, I don't either. So. 
<laughs> All right, Jess, can I get a knuckle for being prepared? Thank you. <laughs> um, this is now the Jess and Chris podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do knuckles, so that's okay. <laughs> um, okay, the 10 most read KSL articles of 2020. Um, and they talk a little bit about uh, the COVID pandemic because it really it affected every single thing we did. Um, but... Um, should we go? Let's go backwards. Let's go in backwards order because I don't like doing number one first. So the uh, number ten. So this had uh, five hundred and seventy. Oh my gosh, I forgot about Chad Daybell. Yeah, five hundred and seventy-seven thousand page views. Chad Daybell was arrested on suspicion of destruction of evidence after human remains were found on his property. Just over there. And that was the East Idaho News um, uh, is where that stuff came from. Um, the Daybells were the couple that killed their kids, went to Hawaii. Yeah, that was big uh, news until COVID took they, over. They found, then they found that they arrested them in Hawaii, finally got them extradited to Idaho. Then they got warrants for the property and found the dead bodies of the kids. And basically, everyone thought from like day one, those motherfuckers killed the kids and fled. Um, which is, I don't know, but interesting story. Uh, Department of Health gave guidance on jazz players for self-quarantining. So <laughs> 600 and, 649,000 people read that uh, or, or clicked on the page on March 12th. And this is, the reason this story was big is because this was, it made headlines nationally because Rudy Gobert was like, touching. I'm walls. not sick. No. <laughs> Rudy Gobert was like, Oh, COVID's not a big deal. Touches every mic on the thing, and then the next day has a positive COVID test. Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man! Uh, and then uh, what's the next one? Let's see. More COVID at six hundred and sixty-six thousand six hundred and sixty. That's a lot of six six six. Yep. Uh, not quite enough though, because the last number is a zero. Statewide mask mandate, social gathering limit. Uh, coming to Utah. And so that was back in November when Governor Herbert, after the elections, finally stopped being a gigantic pussy and put in a statewide mask mandate. Uh, hasn't really helped, by the way. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. people aren't actually still wearing yeah, masks. Our counts are still up there. Uh, at 711,258 viewers, um, <laughs> woman accidentally writes a $21,000 check. Man thanks the Lord and deposits the money. <laughs> we didn't talk about this one. But no, I was done. Hurricane. In Hurricane, Utah. Hurricane. Hurricane. Hurricane, Utah. Uh, 67-year-old handyman deposited the check. For she accidentally wrote out for 21000 How do you write out, accidentally write out a check for 21000 21000 and zero, zero. Like you have to yeah, write Yeah, but you have to write thousand. those. Yeah, you have to write the words. I, I know some of you may not have written a check, but when you write a check. <laughs> Maybe that's why. You know, you write Maybe a name. Maybe she was a millennial. Then you write an amount. And then, uh, and then next to that, you have to actually write out the words twenty t w n t y. Like, how do you write that accent? You don't. You can't write that. Maybe accent. it was a millennial, and they didn't write out the full words. You have to. So he took it and wrote out the full words. That's what you think because you're from the generation that wrote checks. H- have you ever seen a check where the words are not written out? Again. <laughs> don't again me. Have you, you do ever not seen a know check? that the bank? Didn't just take that check as is. They wouldn't. The reason you have to write it out is to confirm the monetary. Did you know a grizzly bear clashed with 20 wolves at Yellowstone? (laughs) (laughs) 725. No, I actually didn't know that. 
Uh, at 745,000 uh, people. Windstorm! Windstorm. Thank that windstorm for my new roof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, definitely above board roofers that you work with. Uh, yeah. At 769,000 page view, um, Utah Man describes <laughs> wild encounter with cougar at Provo Canyon. You know, where it was trying to take pictures of the cougar's fucking cubs. And then, yeah. And the cougar was being incredibly defensive. Dipshit. I wish the cougar would have fucking swiped his face off. <laughs> Um, 838,000 people. I've seen this video. Have you seen this guy? Oh, have you seen this? Guy deals with kid playing in his driveway in the best way possible. You know, the best thing about these... I saw this on TikTok first. Is is KSL picks up these fucking videos three weeks after they've gone viral. <laughs> Everyone else is fucking I didn't fucking know that was them. here in Utah. Everyone has seen them, and then KSL's like, hey, did you guys see this? Look at this <laughs> yeah, video. on TikTok, like months ago. Uh, peaceful protests take dangerous turn in Salt Lake City, and that was just over a million people. Uh, and that was for the George Floyd stuff when uh, a woman shot on a car, then they turned it over and lit it on fire. And then the dude with the bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that was all, all in that same protest. And the number one story from KSL, by a lot, almost double the peaceful protest. So 1.99 million just shy of two million page views, which is big for a state of like four and a half, five and a half million. Uh, earthquake. The earthquake. The 5.7 earthquake that fucking even now, that was in March. That was right as COVID lockdown was happening. And even today, nine full months later, I still see people on our fucking ring go, How did we just have an earthquake? Was that an aftershock? So the thing about the earthquake, though, <clears throat> the specific story was that Moroni fell off the temple. No, yeah. just his horn. Well, his horn. That's but that right. was in the story. That wasn't the only part of the story. It was their headline about the the the, salt, the earthquake overall. So I didn't even get to feel it because I was in my car. I felt it. It was. Oh, I felt it in my car. I knew immediately sure. what it was. I felt um, it, and I was all the way out in Sandy at the office, and you know we have like giant fucking like. When I say giant, we have industrial fans that are like, they're ceiling fans with like seven blades that have like airplane fucking tips Big ass fans. And they're like 20 feet across in diameter. Uh, And those things were like fucking. And everyone was like, oh my God, what happened? What happened? I'm like, y'all just felt an earthquake. And they're like, that's what an earthquake is? Because even though earthquakes are supposed to happen here on the regular, like the, 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 Geog- geolo- geography geology. Right for geology the plates and the front and the fault line and uh, that's all perfect for earthquakes and all of our buildings are earthquake proofed now well at least earthquake um, ready resistant yeah that's part of all of our building codes now Utah's not had an earthquake in the it. only thing that makes a building earthquake resistant is the time that it gives you before the building collapses to get out of it it doesn't mean the building's not going to fall yeah well, and it depends on the rating of the earthquake, right? Like, cause right. that 5.7 in Magna, right near the epicenter of the earthquake, it fucked up the old shitty brick buildings in Magna Main Street. It destroyed them. Um, it just, it did some damage to some of the buildings downtown, but really not the same level, right? So anyway, um, he, can you get him off the table, please? Um, yeah, that was a big story. Uh, but I, when was the last time in the Salt Lake Valley we've had an earthquake even close to that magnitude? 
It's it was like early 1900s, I think. Yeah. So we have two or three or 400 a year, but they're tiny. They're, they're tiny and you detectable. barely fill them. And most of them, there's actually more that are that are felt in like southern Utah and stuff than there are up here in northern Utah. And so to to have that was a big deal. You know, it's like our tornado of 99. There was one in St. George in 1992 that was that big. Yeah. But again, that's not even close to here. And St. George no. was not what it is now back in the early 90s. Like that's it was true. Way smaller. Uh, okay, so now let's talk about Salt Lake Tribune. Um, they have the most Utah stories of 2020. Um, very unusual, very painful year this year. Um, and uh, I don't know if these are in any particular order. It doesn't, I don't think so. So we're just going to go through them front to back, I think. The first one is, is fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely one of my favorite stories of the year. And it is Utah Department of Health. Uh, you still need to get this person on. Uh, I'm working on it, sort of. Not really. Um, but if she wants to come on, then we'll get her on. Um, but the Utah Department of Health uh, had you a, into sex. <laughs> had had a had a clever, kitschy um, condom campaign where there was a bunch of great Utah style slogans uh, on condom packaging um, to help get out the word for safe sex and the Utah governor put a stop to the distribution because they were too risque. Um, really they're hilarious. They're so good. Like SL comma UT slut with the state of Utah. This is the place with a bet on it, which is a thing in Utah. Um, the Fillmore Beaver sign that doesn't exist anymore that's because right. it got stolen so frequently. I love that you went to sex on the lot. Toss, toss the, the jello, jello salad. <laughs> <laughs> Put your arch into it. Enjoy your mountain. Yeah. So I, I think uh, it was an HIV awareness campaign that the governor pulled. Back in January when this was, when, when porn and these sorts of things were. a Well, and on the, the backs of them, like they said things like H is for human, for HIV, get get the test to live your best. So like, anyway, it, it's stupid. What does it matter? So, it's for sex. So, uh, <laughs> next one, I forgot about this. How can you be too risque for something that sex? Like that's because the most we live risque. in a 60% Mormon state that's controlled by Mormons, which is a very conservative religion. What is speaking of Mormon things, Mitt <laughs> Romney, who is a Senator, I forgot about this. He, uh, he, uh, <laughs> Walked into the impeachment hearing and and uh, temporarily had it halted because his dumbass brought a bottle of chocolate milk into the meeting, which is a big no no. You have to put it in a glass. <laughs> so he had to leave, put it in a glass, and come back in to the Senate chamber for the impeachment stuff. The best. <laughs> I just. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a Mormon thing for a fucking white Mormon man to do. Uh, you talk. You why? Went, why do they have to have it in a glass? Etched old stupid rules. I feel like that's a more dangerous aspect. There, if it's being broadcast, it might be like a a product placement issue. If so, there's labels on the yeah, bottle. senators are only allowed to drink water or milk during impeachment trial. Um, and he brought his Utah chocolate milk, and it had like a BYU label on it. It was like a BYU thing. The BYU bottle. creamer. Yeah, saying, but yeah. okay. So my point though still is, I feel like they should require you to have it in a bottle so that if you knock it over 
Just remember, in 2019, he had Twiggies for his birthday. Yeah. yeah like, thing, I wonder what 2021 is going to bring. You also have to remember most of these Senate rules were written in like the 1800s. And one of the things they were trying to do is prevent people from being drunk. Uh, not a joke. Oh, I know. I was, gonna, I was, trials. I was thinking that you were going to bring that up and then you didn't. So I was like, Oh, maybe he knows maybe. something. Uh, you in a county became a sanctuary county for guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> they don't need that. Now it's in the constitution That's that right. you can hunt. So. <laughs> they become a sanctuary county for firearms <laughs> just in case they got taken away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was uh, the earthquake, obviously. We just talked about it, so we'll, we'll breeze past that. Um, uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about this. So right, after, uh, oh, right as God, the outbreak was happening and the lockdown was happening, um, the fucking Mormons did their typical hundreds of people greeting missionaries at the airport. Sunday, March 22nd, so two days after the state Two days shut after down. the state announces a shutdown, those We're still going to go. Um uh the potash canals on the Bonneville salt flats there was a bunch of uh uh boaters and swimmers and paddle boarders going on the potash canals after they told them don't yep yep Oh, this one, the, oh, yeah. the Karen meeting. Oh, God, the mask protest where they all fucking show up without masks and get the meeting shut down. Yep. To protest having th- that their kids shouldn't have to wear masks in school. Yeah, they should have all fucking gotten COVID and gotten seriously sick. Uh, Utah was ranked the worst state for women's equality for the third year in a row this year. Not a shocker. Hot damn, guys. Women are definitely not equal here. It's because we man all over them. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I don't know. But. I'm talking about mansplaining. I don't know what the fuck your sick asses keep thinking of. Uh, Utahns can donate wood from trees felled in a windstorm to help Navajo elders. I didn't know that. Me yeah. either. They did a big a big campaign that they took just truckloads down. That's hmm. a, I did not even know about that. I would have loved to have talked about that when it happened. Um, oh, the Stand United thing. Uh, that, uh, that was... The best. Spencer I'm Cox so proud of this. And Chris Peterson did the Stand United uh, PSA because of the divisiveness occurring during the election times. Um, and I mean, look, Peterson, I don't think anyone actually thinks he was going to beat Cox in any sort of potential, no, like not still. even close. The thing is, is I hate, I'm proud of this, but the same way, like win or lose in Utah, we work together. And then you guys elected Burgess Owens. Yeah, well, He's a dipshit. Fuck all y'all. Artists add a bunch of women to the Salt Lake City mural, which we talked about, um, because (laughs) there weren't enough women in it, apparently. No, Uh, there weren't enough Republican women. Yeah, so they had to add a bunch of uh, Republicans to to this big women empowerment mural. Uh, Mike Lee says Donald Trump is like the Book of Mormon hero, Captain Moroni. <laughs> Mike Lee. He's the worst Utahn for a reason. Why couldn't Misty have beaten him? Oh, just think of how different things would have been. Uh, Utah is one of the most charitable states. We actually just talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, and... Um, who was it? Andy Larson uh, oh, I posted a up tweet a tweet that unintentionally raised fifty thousand dollars for charity. Yeah, so pretty pretty good deal. It uh, was a big big 
just out of nowhere sort of raise of money. Uh, the monolith. We talked about that recently. Yeah. Stupid monolith. And then they started popping up all over the world. And I stopped reading CNN um, because that was like a big story for them. Oh, this morning I turned, I opened up CNN on my browser. Nation in crisis. That was the fucking headline for the page. And then like three things about the Georgia runoff race. I really am. I just can't do it with those guys anymore. Uh, Utah faces criticism for its light oversight of troubled teen treatment centers. Uh, basically, we had, I didn't uh, hear about this. Um, I mean, it's it's been somewhat short up now, but there was a lot of um, investigation into our lack of regulation on a lot of treatment centers for... Uh, Paris Hilton actually did a documentary of it, and that's when it came to light. Uh, hmm. We have a lot of treatment centers here um but they're not regulated very well we have a fuck ton of treatment centers in the state of utah for like drug and alcohol abuse um for um how much is a fuck ton it's it's a lot it's a lot but it's not a metric fuck ton do you have to man all over it (laughs) no 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 manning on something isn't it doesn't add weight necessarily Hmm. What? What? Do you think it does? Do you want me to show you later? <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. We are joined this week uh, by uh, Jill Blankenship. Is it Blankenship? Is that how you say it? It is. Yeah. Not, uh, not- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jill is um, in cahoots with our friend Tom Milligan over at OurDivorce.com. Um, and I don't, Jill, you'll have to explain the relationship to me because I don't particularly know exactly how you got involved with Tom and with the, the OurDivorce.com business and website and everything else. Can you talk to us just a little bit about how you got involved in all that? Yeah. Um, so I've known Tom for probably about 12, 13 years, um, maybe a little longer. It becomes fuzzy the older I get. Uh, but we worked he worked for a company that we bought their software and um, we were kind of an early adapter to cloud technology. And the first company I started was a call center. So it was call center software that Tom was involved in. And we just kind of hit it off. They, I was on a lot of panels um, early on. And uh, so we met that way. And then we did these panels kind of traveling around. We did a great one in Seattle where we were out on a boat with potential customers. And I was kind of, you know, telling my story and he was there representing the software company. And and we just hit it off. You know, it was just kind of that, that great uh, professional relationship. And then we traveled like to Costa Rica and Guatemala and uh, as they were bringing on partners, I was kind of the, the poster girl <laughs> because it's a, it's pretty much a male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. So I was the poster girl. Um, and, and when he came to me about a year ago and I knew that he had gone through a pretty rough divorce, but he came to me with this concept, which I was like, Oh, this is cool. I, I, I like to develop software and, um, have 
other applications that I've done. And so he brought in kind of this entourage of people and I was one of them. And by, I think the third week, it was pretty much just he and I, and I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, let's keep, let's keep moving forward. Cause we've got something here. And it was just a great um, opportunity to work together, to see him really bring something to life. Um, I think Tom has had over the years, some awesome ideas, but bringing ideas to life really takes dedication and tenacity and a lot of hard work. And so um, this is kind of his baby that I'm honored to support and work with him on. Yeah, we, Tom, it's been a while, like four or five months before launch. It was before September. Yeah. I talked to him just before you guys launched. And um, yeah, I, I thought then this was just this wicked, awesome idea. And I, I think that it continues to be something that there's just nothing else like it. And I think it's a, it's one of those, it's just that magic bullet that no one's thought of it before. No one's been able to actually do it. Uh, and that doesn't, that's, there's not very many of those things out there anymore. You know, it's true. And he had this vision. He, he really had a very clear vision and what it took, um, to put it together, especially on the back end when you've got processes and flows. And I don't know if you ever saw a picture of his house, but he literally had wall to wall to wall to wall, like flows of questions and answers. <laughs> He's like, F- like FBI set up. Well, like, like, yeah. Figuring everything out. <laughs> that's why, that's why Tom and I can act. Cause like, if you, ever sit in a room, like any meeting room that I'm involved in has a lot of whiteboard activity oh, where yeah. we're doing that exact thing. So, Yeah. And, and it really has been so exciting to see the joy, um, you know, because it was, he, he's got a pretty rough story. I mean, I think anyone who's gone through a divorce, that's never, it's never a great story. Um, there's always some pain and, you know, suffering that goes along with that. But it's really great to see how he was able to to bring this to life and then the and seeing the impact and the the people's lives that he's changing that's just so cool it's not even on a local level like nationally it's that's pretty incredible yeah, yeah. Well, and i want to get into some of that with you but i i want to take a step back actually cuz uh, I want to talk a little bit about about you. Now you're not in Utah. You don't live here. Were you were you born here? Do you have a connection to here other than Tom? I well, I um I do a lot of business in Salt Lake, and I visited there a lot. And then I bought a house there a year ago, and so I'm in the process of transitioning Utah to be my home. Um, wow. so- that entailed closing down some some other places that I that I live and really making that my full time place. So I'm excited about it. That's a big move. That's a big yeah. move. So where do you where do you live now? Um, so Cottonwood Heights, and I bought a house there about a year ago. It's up on the mountain. Um, <laughs> like I I hadn't really spent any winters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you bought in Cottonwood Heights. <laughs> yeah. Um, the winters when I visited were very, you know, cush, like stay at the motel or hotel and like just 
drive a couple blocks to the office. Um, owning a home in Utah in the winter is quite a commitment and responsibility. So yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Not this winter. But where do you where do you uh, where do you live now other than Utah? You're in Oregon, right? Is that what you said? I'm in. On Orcas Island in the state of Washington, and not many, well, more people know about it than I think. Um, It's part of the San Juan Islands. There's about 700 islands um, off the coast, about an hour and a half north of Seattle. And it's it's really beautiful. It's like, um, it's very surreal. So the only way you can get to this island or these islands is by ferry or by plane. And the commute time from the mainland is an hour and 20 minutes. Wow. Oh, wow. You're like really close to like Victoria. And exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the demographic right there. Very close uh-huh. to the international border. Um, and I lived, uh, I raised my kids here and lived here for 22 years. So I know the. So Orca, is it called Orcas Island? Because is it called Orcas Island? Because there's a lot of Orcas around there. You would think so. Um, that was, <laughs> that's how it's spelled, right? It is spelled O R C A S, but it's um, actually named after an explorer that came and found the island. So uh, it has whales around it, <laughs> and people are—they're like, "Hey, where, where do, where can I go find the whales?" And I'm like, "Uh." Mm, they're kind of out there in the ocean somewhere that you could probably <laughs> try and find yeah. them. Go, go look around for a while. Maybe you'll run into them. <laughs> yeah, but they're really, um, really kind of a magical place. You know, there's only 4,500 people that live here year round. And when I moved here back in 1998, um, as I was a single mom, three kids, um, my twins were eight at the time and my youngest was five. And after my divorce, my ex didn't really want to have anything to do with us. So um, it was he was like, you can move wherever you want. And so I was like, okay. And I moved to the island because I didn't want my kids to run away. And I figured <laughs> I'm going to run away from <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard. Like if they have to catch the ferry to get off the island <laughs> to go anywhere. Like it's not exactly close the mainland i mean it's pretty far out (laughs) um yeah and there's cameras at the ferry and the three policemen that are here you know you get pretty (laughs) but i was like that was a big fear that i had as i as i was i knew i was outnumbered and i didn't want them to you know i needed some control somewhere in my life and that was where i found it so you've been there for 20 something years then yeah? yeah Yeah. It's wild. That's a that's a small place to be for so long. So your kids, are they all grown now, I take it? They are. The twins are thirty now. And my youngest is twenty seven. Oh yeah. So you're a free bird. You can just do whatever you want. I am. Did they stay did they stay on the island or did they, they fly out and not come back? They they flew they flew away. <laughs> They're like <laughs> This is great, but I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, and um, and and you know they appreciate. My daughter is the last one to move, um, and and she's got four kids that she's raised here, so she's heading off to move to the mainland. Um, yeah, just this month, I'm closing we're closing the island ties. 
Wow, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. So are most of your are most of your businesses that you've you've had because you're you know you're a fairly successful person. Are most of those on the island or are they all over the place? So it was interesting. Um, the first the first business. I knew that was, it was in 2005 that I started it. And at the time, that's when cloud technology was just emerging. And I kind of knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to grow the company bigger than the workforce was going to be here. So 70% of the people that live on Orcas Island are retired. So the the workforce gets less and less. (laughs) very few jobs that that are year-round employment. So a lot of people come here in the summer. It's so beautiful. You know, restaurants and hotels and things like that are very busy um, about four months out of the year. And the remaining time, like there's nobody's here. So the businesses shut down for the winter and people kind of slow down. So what motivated me was truly to to find a full-time job for myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and um and that's what did it so i always kind of thought that i would need to to hire and certainly bring customers in from off island you know from the mainland and um and that's exactly what happened and we i we really have a completely remote workforce so this year 2020, I should say last year, has been something that I've done a lot of speaking on and talking about is managing, building and managing a remote workforce. So, so, so what was that first business back in 2005? Uh, it was scary. I, I literally <laughs> had nightmares of waking up in gutters or like on the side. <laughs> And I would have dreams about like my kids being on the ferry and I couldn't reach them. Like the ferry was leaving and I would be on, you know, on the other side, like, come back, come back. Um, It was, it was just very scary. And I think the one thing I learned how to do early on is walk through the fear, you know, because I didn't really have anything to lose and, but I had everything to lose. Um, so it, it was very scary, and I did, had no idea what I was doing. I had never been in the call center industry before. Um, I was literally folding towels at Rosario Resort and selling real estate in the summer. <laughs> so um, starting a call center, I just I learned and researched and kind of just imagined myself as the customer and what I would want to receive as like really good customer service. That's how I started. Are you still running that business, that same business, or is um, it going? Well, I have some really good people around me that that help me run things. Um, but yes, it's it's very successful, and um, I'm really proud of of everyone you know who who works so hard every day. Running a call center is is hard. You get you know frustrated callers. You get um, people that are inappropriate. <laughs> you get happy people, and you make a difference <laughs> in their life. So it's it's all across the board, and we're twenty four seven, three sixty five. So we never stop. So, what are some of the other things that you've you've started over the years? Because when we were talking before we really got going, you were saying you've you know you've you've had several businesses along the way that you've started and stopped and kept going, and yeah, and they're all kind of in that industry except for our divorce dot com. Um, so I, I've got Frontline Call Center, and then in 
I started that in 2005. In 2013, I started Frontline Services, and that's where we go in and help other companies um, uh, implement and integrate call center software and tools. And so that's been really exciting, and that's that's very successful. And then Turnio is a mobile application software uh, that we developed, again, kind of around the call center software industry. And then Tom, you know, and, and that was one thing that was so exciting to start working on with Tom is that it wasn't part of this industry that I had really emerged myself into. And it was something that we could, I could use my technical skills, but really develop something to help, you know, everyone, not just companies who need call center software. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's my, that's my fourth. And I think I'm going to, you know, right now, like that takes up all my time. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, I'm pretty good at multitasking and I'm mostly on meetings all day. (laughs) (laughs) So what part do you play in my divorce? Our divorce.com. I keep saying my my divorce. divorce. Our divorce. Our divorce. (laughs) (laughs) It takes two to tango in that, in that game. I play the role of, um, really watching the budget. I'm an investor. Um, I run, pretty much the development team, although Tom is in the weeds every day. And it's people, you know, it takes people like that to really develop a startup. Like you've got to, you've got to live it, love it, you know, working 10 hours a day plus plus to make it happen. And so I can do my part and Tom and I talk every day and we have, you know, at least probably an hour a day of really talking about, you know, the pipeline. We're building out this new affiliate program. We're doing TikToks. We're, you know, marketing. You're doing some very successful TikToks. And some of those, some of those is a lot of traction. Isn't that (laughs) And I always know, I can predict when Tom's going to go viral. And it's always Tom. Like it's never me. Oh yeah, it's always Tom. You're doing wrong here. <laughs> he's had he's had a few now that have been like five hundred thousand plus views. You know, oh, over no. a million views. He's got two that are over a million. One's yeah. one point eight million. I and the other one I looked at like one point six. Yeah. Oh okay. Isn't that crazy? So maybe, it was a one point, maybe the one point eight million one was like one point six when I looked last. It is <laughs> right. it is crazy. Yeah, it's everyone's dream to go viral. You know, it's, it's something that I I guess it depends on what kind of viral. Well, so, so if somebody like said to you, like, I'm TikTok famous, what, what would you think about that? Um, I would say, well, how TikTok famous? Because (laughs) (laughs) there are, there are TikTok famous people that have like, you know, 6 million followers, uh, and those people get all kinds of shit given to them from TikTok and like, like that Chris chick. Yeah. <laughs> and there, and there are others that have, you know, a more respectable, like hundred thousand followers, but like even so at a hundred thousand, even so at a hundred thousand followers, you, you're able to make a living. It might not be like amazing, but just as an influencer, like TikTok famous, um, can mean one like super viral video, 
but it can also mean like hardcore influencers. So I, I really kind of try to judge like, well, what's your, what's your game? What are you aiming at there? Well, and how I'm not familiar with TikTok, I uh, do Instagram reels. So it's basically like shared from TikTok, but how as a business is that? I like how you use that term shared, like Facebook went, Oh yeah, let's share the technology. No, like people. No, but like people are sharing their TikTok videos oh, yeah. on Instagram well, reels because- to get more. Facebook. Oh, I know, but I'm talking about specifically these two for my question. And a lot of it, a lot of it was done that way because of the potential of TikTok just going away in this country. Right. So, but my question is, how as a business is that monitored? Like those numbers, how do you track what becomes viable? Because then you have other businesses that are sharing that might not tag you, and so on and so forth. How does that get back to you? You know, I think it takes a pretty big commitment level. Like the ones that I've watched and and have seen grow, they're they're laying down like three videos a day. And mm-hmm. and whether they're good or not good, they literally have to devote that much time to content, making it interesting, having something interesting to say. Um and to your point, like for a minute, TikTok was going to go away. Do you know, um, do you know how it was saved? Mm -mm. How money? (laughs) Do you want it? (laughs) American corporations buying, buying TikTok from the Chinese ownership group to run it in the US. That's how it was saved. And do you know the companies that did that? I don't Uh, remember. I don't remember either. (laughs) they They bought WhatsApp as well, right? Yeah. Was it uh, the same company? One, that both? one of the companies starts with a W. <laughs> <laughs> Walmart, wasn't it? Walmart, um, yeah. And I think the other one was Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, Oracle. Yep. I was going to say, I thought Oracle was Which one. we actually have a, a Oracle office here. here. We yeah. have a huge yep. Oracle office here. Yep. Uh, so I was kind of impressed with that, you know, that we were able to kind of overcome that shutdown and I don't even know why my son's in the military. They're not allowed to watch it. I don't know if I should say oh, that. Your, your son in the military, they're actually not, they're not allowed to put TikTok on their, their devices. They're actually not supposed to put any social media yeah. on their devices. There's a good reason for that, too. It's not because the military is trying to be a bunch of dicks. One, what reason? Well, so first off, TikTok and WhatsApp owned by Chinese corporations. The reason they were going to get banned out of the U.S. is yeah. because they had, they're, they're huge security risks. It's the same right. reason we won't let Huawei into the U.S. to do anything with our networks because there's there are proven cases of Chinese backdooring into things that they they built for us. I can talk to you about like massive data centers that Google and Amazon run that they had to replace all the server back backbones right. quietly because of some backdoors that China created. But uh, the reason the military can't use any of the social media apps is it's a and fucking beacon. Here's my unit because they're all geotagged, and so right. you you share something on Instagram, and whether it even gets geotagged or you just see in the background where you're at, well, now your unit in Afghanistan, they know where you're at, and and Problem. potential harm can come to you guys. And that's, I mean, that's why the that's the biggest reason the military doesn't let them do any of that stuff. But how but is that then, like? Like Google or Facebook or 
I guess Facebook would be considered social. Yeah, right. they're not supposed to use Facebook either. I mean, Google is just a web search. You're okay. not broadcasting where you're at necessarily. I mean, there are certainly ways for that to happen. Um, but yeah, I think if you were to ask, you know, brass in the military, they would probably say, yeah, we don't want them using any of that stuff on personal devices because it's not secure. So Especially they're deployed. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have the same <laughs> in, in my office. I work at a medical billing company. You can't have your cell phone out. We, you know, people right. listen to music on their cell phones, but if we catch yeah. anyone taking pictures or using social media, they're done. Their cell phone gets confiscated. Because it's yep. just too big of a potential for data breach. Accidentally taking a picture of someone's social security number and their name. Yeah, you don't know. You take a selfie of yourself and you catch someone's screen in the background and you might have just given away patient information. Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's when I was in the hospital, when I worked in the hospital and I credentialed physicians, um, the computers were locked down and they had a few down in the basement that they that you could go and you know play around with on lunch or whatever. But all of our computers at at our desk, we're all completely, totally locked down for that reason. So that doesn't have anything to do with divorce, though. <laughs> no, we're just talking about technology and interesting things. But I mean, did you guys ever imagine? I mean, it's everyone's dream to go viral, right? Like, it's everyone's dream to be like, "Hey, um, we stumbled on this thing, and almost two million people have watched it." Um, did you guys ever imagine that that would actually happen? And not just happen, but happen as fast as it did because it was like it was like the first or second video yeah well that and we talked to tom and he was like oh a couple states and then like a month later it was like like every state in the world and five different countries like it just felt like it went big so fast it did and 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 that comes with a risk as well you know it's like um, when we first started talking about our launch, we were like, yeah, let's, we're going to put up some billboards down, you know, uh, I, I, 80. Let's go. Let's yeah. I still have a copy of the, one of the billboards on our bulletin board. The one that says, look on the bright side. What does it say? You only, I can't read it from here. Look on the bright side. You only have one wife to divorce. And it's the, that it's the picture of Brigham Young. Yes. He, he gave and left that for us and I put it up on our bulletin board. So it's, it's definitely one of my favorites. So when I was married, I actually, and this was a long time ago, back in 1995. Um, it's kind of a weird story, but I didn't know that my ex-husband was like a high priest in the, in the Mormon church um, until after we were married. And then he moved me to Alpine at the time, that was. <laughs> we laugh because we understand. Thank you. Um, Alpine's it, very nice. It is nice, but it's also very Mormon and very high, <laughs> high uh, yeah. up there. But this was back in 95. So Lehigh used to be the polygamous place. We used to like drive across the freeway to go check out the polygamous houses. <laughs> Because that's what, what Lehigh was. That that was like the thrill of the day. <laughs> yeah, all twelve hundred people in Lehigh were of three families. That's the brown family. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the Adams. All, and the all reds. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. That's so true. Um but yeah, so I have kind of a history with Utah. Um and it's it's really fun to be back there in this state of you know, being, um, and not, not necessarily, I mean, Alpine's a beautiful place, but there's just so many people there now and it's such a different, um, yeah, very different. 
Yeah, I'm I'm curious, like, you know, what are some of the things because that is a that is a stark difference because you were here in '95, um, yeah. you left, you know, before before the Olympics, um, and so you've you've been gone for twenty something years. It's changed pretty significantly. Yeah, and you know, one of the that's one of the reasons we started this podcast. God, four years ago, um, four and a half, four and, four and, and a half. half years ago. Um, <laughs> That's one of the reasons we're coming up on five years. Holy shit! <laughs> Two forty, and we do one a week. I mean, that's that's coming up close. It passed. Yeah, uh, but so you know, one of the reasons we started it though is is we all love Utah to death, and and yeah. Utah is not your normal, you know, stereotypical polygamist Mormon Utah anymore. It's gotten a lot more progressive. But I'm curious because you're you're coming back. You've made the choice to come back. Yeah. You know. What is it about Utah that that is enticing you to come back after all this time away? I mean, other than how awesome Tom is and our divorce, <laughs> right? But clearly, but clearly, you've made a career of businesses that don't require you to be in a specific place. That's so. right. I I've, I can live anywhere and have. I'm you know I've I lived in Florida for like a year, and um, that was interesting. But back, <laughs> it was a year, so. <laughs> Um, it was really, you know, it was the mountains, it was the foodies, it was the, you know, even the diversity between, you know, the people that I work with, some are Mormons, some aren't, it doesn't really matter anymore. I mean, I guess it would if I was maybe living in a different community, but Cottonwood Heights is, is really cool. And just, you know, it just, the people there are so real and nice and, I mean, Salt Lake's 15 minutes away. The airport's so close. It's just um, the commute itself for me because, I mean, previous to 2020, um, I I travel a lot for work. And so being close to an airport. Um, oh, and gosh, the new I bet. Have you seen uh, the new airport? Oh, yeah. I've flown through it a yeah, few times. Yeah, we've flown through it. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. Yeah, it's like a real airport. <laughs> I, I, it'll be interesting. It's it's kind of nice that it opened when it did because during the pandemic, the numbers flying through the airport are obviously significantly lower. So they've had a chance to slowly open it with, yeah. you know, I mean, you would have never imagined them being able to do this. Like when they planned this a year ago, this opening, like they didn't think at that point in time, like, Oh, we're only going to have like roughly a third to half of our normal ridership. <laughs> so it was a, like a, a, just a perfect timing, um, you know, for all the bad that COVID has brought us. I guess that's one really nice thing for the airport. So, yeah, it's and and that makes a difference. Being able to have the freedom to kind of go where I need to go and and not um, deal with the hassle. And paid uh, for without any tax dollars, that airport. Isn't it amazing? It's There's so much success that also, I mean, what are they, they're calling it Silicon Slopes now mm-hmm. and technology that's there. I mean, that's been really exciting for Tom and I because, you know, we know a lot of people in technology. And so they were some of our early adapters. I mean, again, divorce, it's, and this, during the year of COVID, divorce has gone up 40% and more. That was one of the questions we were going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, pretty amazing. And people don't have or want to spend the kind of money, you know, that it takes to, just to get an attorney, let alone go through the process. And, 
And then when you hire an attorney, they, they're looking out for you, but they also complicate things, you know? So I, I do, you know, we're not trying to put attorneys out of business, but what we're trying to do is provide a platform for people who are amicable, having a conversation, have kids, have assets, like, you know, giving them a platform to do this together, which is why it's, you know, our divorce and not your divorce and my divorce (laughs) (laughs) and our attorney's divorce, um, where where we really felt that that there was a niche um, that needed to be created for people. I mean, now they've been living together for a year, whereas before couples were like, you know, someone was on the road or going to work every day and someone was home. And now, you know, they were kind of forced to be together. And I think that was probably one of the triggers of why. Oh, the- shit. I really don't like you that much. It was almost <laughs> it was almost like it it pushed forward the that time when everybody's kids leaves and you look at right. each other and you're like, I don't like you. <laughs> like, I'm what really is- glad my yeah my kids were here and I, I, I really don't like you. <laughs> or, or I really liked it when you left at 8 a.m. and came back at 8 p.m. That was great. <laughs> when we only had to talk for like three and a half to four hours a day. Like uh, that's the only time I had to converse with you. <laughs> yeah, that's how so- I know Brie and I probably won't get divorced once we get married. <laughs> we talk to each other all day. And we miss each other. <laughs> Even though we we spent a week and a half on vacation together, and then we missed each other. Oh, where did you go? Well, just here. To our family. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm working from home, and he works the majority of time from home. And so, like, I didn't didn't open my work email, and I didn't answer work texts, and I didn't do any of that kind of stuff. It was it was hard. Chris couldn't because he's a he's a, a director I'm a, I'm dude a or boss, whatever. Man. But I, I don't have a choice. But it it was it was way more limited. Like it was it was limited to like maybe an hour or two instead of a full like eight to ten hours or longer. So yeah, heads down in your computer versus yeah, yeah. that's really nice though. Does it? I mean, were you able to kind of enjoy? being home in a different way? Well, I finished my kitchen. So we had really nasty countertops and I refinished our kitchen cupboards years ago and I hated them. And so we got new granite countertops and I've always wanted a backsplash that went right from the granite countertop to the bottom of the cupboards. And so I did that. I love to tile. So that was my first project down after Christmas. And then we just kind of like I cleaned out my office and I put some stuff up that he got me some stuff to make my office a little bit better. And so I spent Wednesday like getting it all ready so that it would be ready for work on Monday. But then we just didn't do anything. It was really weird and kind of nice. It was nice just to exist and not have to do anything for a few days. Yeah. And I think we we appreciate our spaces. I mean, there's been so much like do-it-yourself work. I mean... Lowe's and Home Depot are like exploding business. Trying to, right? get, trying to get lumber and stuff like that. Right. So Jeremy's been trying to get a couch for almost two months now. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird. Uh, I, but it's true. Like even, you know, where you're, where you're like, how long does it take to get some of this stuff? But I It'll think people have it laid. Months. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of nice to see your sanctuary or make your space your sanctuary. 
important. So how have things been going with, with our divorce in particular? Because, you know, I, 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 I talked to Tom quite a bit and, you know, we actually talked even on the air maybe a month and a half, two months ago. Um, you guys made a shift from upfront to really more of that, that model that I, I'm still trying to figure out a way for you guys to say you're the TurboTax of divorce. Um, but really, I kind of that TurboTax <laughs> model where... Thank you for that. You you can I, I think if you could say that without having to pay TurboTax, it would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know we don't want to. Maybe get you trouble. can make a deal with them that if their clients come in and they're getting a divorce or taxes, they get like fifty bucks off because <laughs> you're calling yourself the TurboTax of divorce. Just, have, just make a deal with them where you backlink <laughs> TurboTax. Um, I mean, really, that's that's the best way to describe it. If anyone's ever used TurboTax, yeah. um, you know, the online version of TurboTax, you go in, you fill out all the information, and you don't pay until the end when it's like, okay, here's all your stuff. You want to file? You want to pay for all these forms? Or do you just want to do nothing and you just wasted all your time? Right. And, and it was a decision we made pretty early on after launching. And we... What we found is we wanted people to appreciate the value of what they were getting, and they couldn't do that up front. You know, if you go in and you can't you can't pass go without, you know, paying two hundred ninety nine dollars, then you're always going to be looking for that value instead of experiencing it and then getting, you know, the cost. I mean, the cost isn't a secret. You you know what you're going to have to yeah. pay at the end. But it's but, a, it's it's the freemium model of things, right? Like that's how the world is operating now. Like people don't want to spend three dollars, right. you know. Like a dollar ninety nine is basically the threshold on the app store for anything. And even then, people are like, I don't know if I really want to spend a dollar ninety nine. But those bitches <laughs> will download a free app and spend twenty dollars in their first microtransaction on the app without even thinking about it. But if it's, it's twenty dollars up front, they're like, I don't know. It's true though. Like if I go to something and I'm looking at something and I think, oh, this is this is kind of interesting. The instant that they want something more. Yeah. Like there's a threshold that everybody has, you know, sometimes it's my email and I'm like, uh, uh, sometimes I, it's this, it's the payment. Uh, you know, what if this doesn't work? What if I give them my, my money and I go through this whole thing and it's, it and I wasted 300 bucks and, yeah. and you know, my time and 300 bucks. So I'm sure I, I, I don't know what the statistics are, but I'm guessing that when people get through it and they get all the way through and they've done it and they're like, yeah, that was worth 300 bucks. Yeah, it's true. And so um, we, we just kind of, we talk about these things, you know, from the user experience. And, you know, and again, that's always been kind of my model as well, where what, 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 how would I want to experience it? And so Tom and I are very much like that. Um, and that's really what came to that decision is we didn't want upfront money we want them to go through the process. We want them to invest the time and we want a successful outcome. So, you know, two ninety nine is just kind of a price tag. It's not really what we consider the value of the experience, which is that guided process, asking you questions in layman's terms instead of all this legalese that, you know, you have to look up the meaning of half <laughs> the words and, um, so it really, when you move the intention from money to 
an experience, it just kind of shifts mm-hmm. where, you know, where you want to take it, I think. And that's, and that's why we did it. Are, are you guys seeing now too with that, that switch? Cause now obviously you are able to see data, like where are people stopping? Where are they taking a lot of time to come back? Are they coming back? Yeah. Um, you're able to start seeing a lot more of that data as they create free logins and go through the process and get stuck you know, is that is that helpful for you guys then to adjust the experience itself and, and get them across the finish line? Yeah, that's a really good question because, um, you know, we're still in startup and relatively new. And um, that's one of my favorite things is looking at the analytics. I love to see where people are, are you know, signing up for from, you know, what states that they're California are our biggest state. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I blame Gavin Newsom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. There was actually, um, my parents live there in California and I saw him over the holidays. There was this. Did they uh, sign the petition to recall him? (laughs) There was this yard sign that said, Merry Christmas to everyone, but (laughs) 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 like in their front yard. (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, I hate <laughs> so, that guy so much. He's in he's in big trouble. Um, but yeah, I think uh, to answer your question, I love the analytics. I love looking at what we could be doing better. Um, so, because one of our sister companies is Frontline Call Center, they handle our tier one kind of escalation path. So, you know, if anyone has any questions, they can use, you know, our toll-free number and call and they get a live person that can answer, you know, whatever frequently asked questions we've collected to date and, you know, can at least escalate to, to us um, if there's an issue or something that we need to get them through. So um, it's worked out really well. And, and every question is that's new. We add it to our FAQ on our website or on the, you know, with the call center. So um, we love to hear from the customers. That's really our voice of growth and what we need to do to get better. Right now, the calculate the the calculator for child support is kind of the big thing we're working on. <laughs> so, yeah. you had to make a lot of alterations to the software itself as you yeah. go, or has it been fairly successful? It's been it's been fairly successful. Most states are fairly consistent. For example, with the child support calculator, forty one states use the same calculation formula. So you're like, okay, well, you know, we just There's need to base. <laughs> a, few, a few of those. Uh, most use the same. Some are just really weird. Um, you know, like some of those old laws, like you can't kiss in public or cross this. <laughs> uh-huh. If you're married to your second cousin, the child support law is different than if you're married to your first cousin in Alabama. <laughs> right. That's only in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. But the weirdest, the weirdest, most pain in the ass ones probably come out of California. I've got to, I've got to guess. Well, because you know, there's such a, a like, they're litigious. They're they, like, I was, I was waiting for that word. They, they can't help themselves. They no. Have over everything, and so that's how these processes are created, or these laws are created. There are from lawsuits, you know. Well, in the insurance industry, like there are companies that won't won't write in California because of it. 
Yeah. There are companies that won't write certain things in California because of it. Like I mean, look rates the, out there are freaking crazy. Look at the CCPA. It's going to reshape the privacy acts across the country because of what California is doing. Every yeah. business that does business in California has to deal with that monumental giant pile of pain in the ass. Well, even trucking is different. Like even hauling something through California is different. Like everything is different in California. Like even MVRs, if you run them for your insurance, you have to have a special like thing to be able to run a California MVR because heaven forbid you find out what somebody's. And apparently everything causes cancer in the state of California. <laughs> I heard there's a lot of people from California moving to Utah. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. are. So there's a lot of tech people moving from California to Utah because the Silicon Slope things, it's not a joke. Yeah. Um, that's part of why our housing costs have gone up dramatically that. in the last our couple of years. Our housing is, the values are so high because they sell in California and they can come here and, and afford to just overpay for a house. The quality of life is completely different. And Post Malone lives you know. <laughs> oh, he's going to be your neighbor, huh? I'm just saying, I keep going to that 7-Eleven hoping that. <laughs> See if he's buying beer. I just hang, I just hang out there. Skittles for, or something. Those beer commercials where, the, where the, you see his emotions running his face and he gets the one beer and, and they're like, we haven't tried this. What do we think? And he looks at it and he's like, we like it. And he's all, ee. That's going to be the name of this episode. Jill and Post Malone at the 7-Eleven. <laughs> Jill and Post Malone. My neighbor is Post Malone. <laughs> A stone throw away, you know. You need someone to talk to at night. <laughs> but through, all, through this process, because you said you're about a year and a half into it as a whole, what's been the most surprising thing for for you and Tom through all of this? Well, it's probably um, more surprising for Tom, not so much for me, but um, software development is kind of like building a house. You know, it's always going to cost probably twice as much and take twice as long. (laughs) Um, And so I think, you know, he gets super excited and was like, okay, this is going to be ready in, you know, six weeks. And it's like... (laughs) Hey, you got to have the hope to get it going. Yeah, no, and that's really the tenacity that it kind of. It never goes the way you want either. Like when you build a house, there's always something you gotta, like Jimmy rig and. Mm -hmm. Say that's our 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 mm -hmm. our resident architect. It's not the architect's fault. True. (laughs) It's not. No, I I agree with that. I think it's just it's people, you know, and people. um, I know for Tom that probably some of the big surprises are some of the questions that people have. And he's like, well, this is so simple. You know, they, they can just, they should just be able to get through this. And it's like, yeah, but not everyone thinks the same. And you have to almost think outside the box of what people are going to ask and experience, even though they may not seem like, or they seem like really simple answers or questions to answer. But, um, yeah, so sometimes there's a lot of eye rolling. And, like, yeah, Pe- Peggy Sue and Danny Bob don't necessarily yeah, what's know been what your favorite? About. What's been your favorite question then that's come through? Oh, I think it's, it's um, you know, when one of the one of the couples, whether it's the man or the woman, you know, they, they just want it to go a lot faster than the other person. And, 
sometimes people need to process um, and they need time to think about it. And it's like we all react differently. So they might have a question of, you know, do you do you want to keep the RV or do you want to sell it? Well, you know, initially I might want to keep it because it has so many great memories. And, you know, that was I, I that's an asset and I want to keep it. And and then when I think about it after 48 hours, I'm like, I'm never going to take that on the road. <laughs> that was great then, but it's not um, for me now. So it it is, I think, giving people time to process um, is, is what my wish for people would be is, you know, is it takes time it, and it took time for you to build all these things together. And it's going to take time to kind of take it apart and, and separate that out. So nothing really surprises me at this point. Um, I've kind of seen it all one way or the other, either through the call center and the types of calls we get. Cause I could write a book just on that. You <laughs> should. Yeah, that would get a lot of reason. <laughs> yeah. People are the reason, just like people in general, are the reason why bags of peanuts say may contain peanuts. I, <laughs> I recently found an old notebook from when I was a manager at Coldstone Creamery back in New Jersey that all of my kids and I have kept of like comments that customers had made. <laughs> and I found it about a month ago and I... It's it's definitely book worthy for sure. <laughs> Just like people asking where to find the whales, you know. People, <laughs> well, there's a pond. Yeah. They're like, this is this has got to be simpler than than I'm going to make it out to be. But but oftentimes it's not, and people have ways that they see and want to do things. So yeah, just kind of taking time to to get through what you want, how you see it, you know. What is that that next step that's going to work for you? We had a uh, we had a question that came up a few weeks ago when we were talking about you guys. Um, do you guys do? Are you thinking about doing like pre and post nuptial stuff? Because Bree and I are getting married in October. <laughs> we've been together for ten years. We own a bunch of crap together. But I'm really thinking a prenup might be in, in order. <laughs> and, and like maybe we want to pre fill out the divorce. Mean, but, in that, but in that prenup. You get the kids, my mom, and my ex-husband. <laughs> right, let's just not get married. Yeah, I, um, can in the prenup can like the girls and I go to Vegas for a weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I, like we were talking. I think it came up because we were joking about pre-filling out all the stuff before we got married, so it was ready to go. <laughs> I just, you know, if, if that <laughs> right, I at what point do you say enough is enough, or like is it? I, I don't know, as a woman, um, I, I was kind of, and I'm 55 years old, right? So I was kind of part of the generation that was like, you, sh you need to get married and you need to have kids. And like, that's going to give you purpose in your life. Like that was in my brain and it was really hard to have failed at that, um, at the time. And I've been divorced now for, for quite a while, so like 22 years. So, um, yeah, I wasn't, I was only married for like eight years. <laughs> um, and I, I don't think I'd do it again, even though in my mind at my age, I still want that beautiful fantasy of what, you know, I don't know, the Brady Bunch was or some of those old shows that <laughs> crazy. That's too many damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's too many. 
When they outnumber you, it's dangerous. That's what you were afraid of. That's why you moved to a sparse island. <laughs> totally. Totally did that for that sole reason. And it worked pretty much. <laughs> hey, I was going to ask you when we were talking about airports, I was thinking about it. Um, how, like, so you talk about the community. Oh, that's something that a lot of people have said that we've talked to that are, that have traveled a lot or from other places. Like, the drive to the airport in Salt Lake, if you're in the Salt Lake Valley, is less than 30 minutes, no matter where you're at. You're in the airport. Um, now, your experience is probably a little different being on an island, but I'm curious, what was your commute to the nearest airport that you could actually get somewhere having to travel so often uh, in, in your life there? Yeah, it was it was painful. Um, like, a, like a two hour, like got to go to the ferry, then, get to the mainland, take a bus. <laughs> Yeah, you so you know you had to get to the ferry early so you could get on the ferry. So then you're sitting in the ferry line for an hour, and then an hour and twenty minutes on the ferry. It takes twenty minutes to get off the ferry, and then it's like a two hour drive south to oh. to the airport to Seattle. SeaTac, wow. <laughs> SeaTac, and then you've got to get there. Like, like living hour. in Long Island. <laughs> right? So do you just go to the airport the night before? You're like, I'm gonna go stay at a hotel. I'll just go to the airport in the morning. Yeah, um, there were. There was some of that. There was some, there was one time and I was so tired. I was coming back from New York or something. And I literally like thought that I was catching the last ferry home and it was dark and I didn't see any cars. And I literally tried to drive onto a ferry that was never going to leave. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, somebody get me on the ferry. <laughs> pretty, pretty sad. Um, now I kind of fly on and off the Island because even though it's way more expensive, it saves six hours. That's insane. I mean, that's, sometimes your time is worth the money though. When I, you think about uh, all of the time and the stress, if you can afford to do it, I don't, Yeah. no that's, judgment here. That's, yeah. that's why it, I use that analogy. That's why I don't change my own oil. I can do it. I've done it, but it's, it takes me incredibly longer than an oil place or, or a mechanic. I have to deal with the mess. I have to clean it up. I have to dispose of the oil or I can take it somewhere and pay them an extra 10 bucks over the cost of the oil and I don't have to do it. So, (laughs) so do you think that that comes from experience or do you just get tired? Both. Well, I think, you know, for me, it comes from one, the desire to do the thing, right? Like I hate tiling. Luckily, my, my fiance here loves to tile. And so she tiles. I don't do it. I sat downstairs and, and dinked around on video games. But you, 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 you're my haul and carry guy. <laughs> and, and it was cold outside when I was tiling. And so he, he washed everything in the cold hose water. And so I didn't have to do that. <laughs> oh my um, God. That's so you cute. Know. Holland Carey. Uh, that's almost like Holland Oates. And <laughs> beautiful. Like, <laughs> but H A U L, you yeah. know, Holland Carey. Yeah, he, he, he's my he's my strength guy because I'm only five feet tall. And so sometimes even if I can lift something, I can't get very far because my knees get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> so like carrying a five gallon bucket up the stairs, I can do it. But I'm in my own way. And he can just do it easier. And so the fact that I know I can do it is enough to just say, I know I can do it, but I would just rather that you do it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like changing the oil, right? And it's kind of like flying the plane or, you know, taking the plane instead of doing the journey on the ferry. It's like, I think we become like, we can do it. 
check that off the list, but I don't want to do it again. Yeah, well, and it's it's a it's a it's a how valuable is my time, and and if I enjoy doing something, and if That's I it. if I don't enjoy doing it, and it's going to take a lot of time, why subject myself to that? I would much rather do something else. Right, like if you if you didn't travel as often and maybe your kids were a little younger and so you didn't have any alone time and yeah. it was you stood in the line and you just got to read and then the fairy you you know like maybe it's a different viewpoint from from a different point in your life, right? Because that's you know that's just time away that you're not doing anything. But and if, I, if I you would- don't need that you're just like, let's go. <laughs> that is so true because um, I do remember that precious time when I had myself, you know, when I was by myself and I could just really appreciate, you know, even just listening to music by myself. Um, but but even look at what you guys do with the podcast and the, you know, the time and commitment that you that you have to do this time and time and time again. It's like with anything. And I, and that's kind of how I work with other entrepreneurs with startups. Like you've got to have the passion that's going to get you up to do that again and again and again, or, or, or else, you know, you'll do it a couple of times and be like, that was cool. I did it. I can check it off the list. I don't have to do it again. (laughs) That's the difference. I've got one. I got one more question for you, Jill. Uh, then we'll let you go uh, yeah. for the evening here. Um, and you, we kind of asked this a little bit earlier, but I, I really want to be a little more pointed with it. What is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, well, I'm going to say, um, and it's more kind of specific to where I live. I think. Um, one thing that I think is really unique to Utah for me is that you've got your ma- the mountains are in your face. They're right there. They're up front. You've got wildlife that literally you're pretty much cohabitating with. Um, again, I live pretty close to the, to the mountain. So I hear the coyotes. I see the, you know, the, the wild turkeys, which this, um, this past summer decided that the mulch in my front yard was like something they loved. <laughs> I'm like, I came home um, from being gone for like five days and I thought my sprinkler system had blown up because all the mulch was like in on my driveway in the sidewalk. <laughs> My neighbor across the street came over. She goes, oh, Jill, I'm so sorry. I tried to get the wild turkeys away from them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. And then they continued. So I, so I clean it up and sweep it up and put all the mulch back. And sure enough, the next day, they're, they're, all six wild turkeys would come down and just, like, kick up my mulch. And I was like, why my mulch? Because you're not living into the neighbor's mulch. Um, it was like, that's what I love about Utah. You never quite know what you're going to wake up to. <laughs> it could pretty much be anything. <laughs> and did I mention Post Malone is there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks so much for taking Oh, thanks. No, I appreciate it. I, I love Utah, though, and I'm really excited to uh, to be back and making it my home. It's, it's pretty exciting. Excellent. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, 
ourdivorce.com is is where you can find the the most current of Jill's ventures. Yes. Um, but I, I mean, I guess if you need call center work done, um, <laughs> I don't know how much of our listener base is at the that place where they need <laughs> call center help. You never know, you though. Never know. Um, uh, but Jill's got obviously it sounds like a, a few different the frontline call center and the frontline services are some other businesses of Jill's. Um, thanks so much for joining us. We we really appreciate your your time this evening. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Tell me all your thoughts on God, because I'm on my way to meet her. You just talked over the part I wanted people to hear. The lyrics are, tell me all your thoughts on God, because I'm on my way to meet her. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. And Dogma, God's a Woman. Yes. That's a fucking great movie. It is a great movie that is lost to some real... Have I ever talked about that on this show? Because Dogma is really hard... We don't know f- what you're talking about, so we don't know if you've talked about it is before. It, it is Dogma. Dogma is, like, impossible to find. And I was trying to figure out why. Because pretty much every movie, like, all of the the um, the Jay and Silent Bob stuff, um, the Kevin Smith movies, almost all of those are, are available somewhere streaming. Mall Rats, Clerks, Clerks mm-hmm. 2, Jay and Silent Bob, Chasing Amy, like, all of those. Zach and Mary. Except, except Dogma. Really, and and the and I couldn't figure out why because I think actually Dogma is one of the best movies. In fact, it's probably my favorite out of all of them. Uh, and it's uh, are you familiar with Dogma? Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. Long, long time. Yeah. Ago, yeah. So it's 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 Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and basically. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I said it. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. It's because he Damon. listens to X96 too much. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Uh, and they're, they're angels, uh, that are distributed, you know. I've never seen this show, by the way. Yeah. So I, I, it's really good. So they're angels and they're handing out judgments for different things. And, uh, kill, basically they just fucking kill a lot of people through the movie. But, um, they're trying to, get back to heaven. Like they've been cast down. They're trying to get back to to heaven and they find a way to do it. And it's called dogma because basically it's against the rules and they're going to basically destroy everything to do this. So anyway, uh, it's a really, really great movie, but I couldn't fucking ever find it streaming anywhere. So I actually looked up why. And so basically when dogma came out, it had to do with, I think it was Suncoast or something. It was whatever company was publishing. It was in the middle of being purchased or sold to, um, Paramount, I think. But during that transaction of selling all that stuff, this movie came out and was like magically placed into this, like no man's land. So, no one that was going to be around actually owned the rights to the movie. And so they couldn't sell it to streaming services or anything else. Like, I don't even know if you can get the fucking DVD. I think it's nope. only on VHS. There's actually a whole essay about why you count on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crazy. I, I mean, and it's, this has nothing to do with Utah, but... No, I, it has. It actually, this synopsis has something to do with the Weinsteins. Yeah, it has to do with the sell of the properties from one company to another and something that happened in the middle of doing it. And So was it purposefully done? No, it was just fucking really bad timing of when the movie came out and when the sell of the properties and like it's just this crazy convoluted thing. But basically it's in this like magical limbo where you can't stream it and you basically like they haven't. The Blu-ray is $129 on Amazon. Yeah, because they don't fucking (laughs) produce it. It's not made anywhere. It's you're buying a, a rare item at that point. 
Uh, so like you go to eBay and see how much it costs. Like it's not cheap. Um, but, uh, I don't know why I even started talking about it. It's a good movie. <laughs> I have no idea how I got there. Tell me was that song? Oh, yeah. Cause, God, cause, on cause God's a woman in that God movie. God is a woman. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's Alanis Morissette, by the way. And she goes, boop. Yep. Alanis Morissette. <laughs> Alanis I for, Morissette. I forgot until just then that it was Alanis Morissette. And I'm like, oh no, that's Alanis Morissette. That's right. That's who's God in that movie. Um, that's neither here nor there. Thanks, Jill. Uh, Jill joined us, uh, from ourvoice.com. <laughs> We're at that part of the end of the show where we just don't fucking care. Uh, thank you, Jill. I just have um, to pee really bad. Go to artdivorce.com if you're thinking about getting a divorce and it's amicable. Um, if you fucking hate the shit out of your spouse and they hate the shit out of you and you can't agree on anything, <laughs> it's probably not going to work for you. You probably do need to spend 13 grand on an attorney, uh, to fuck each, try. Other, fuck each other over as much as possible. Uh, I don't know if your partner manned all over you or not. <laughs> um, that's, that's neither here nor there. Maybe they didn't and that's why you need to yeah, divorce. I mean, maybe it's amicable because they have a porn addiction and, you know, they're not manning on you enough. Yes. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't do it anymore. <laughs> if you liked what you heard, I don't know who the fuck you are, but thanks. <laughs> you can you can share this episode and it will help us. That's what what really helps us the most. Um if you didn't like what you heard, I'm really sorry, but share the episode <laughs> cuz yeah. Um, follow us on any of the social medias. We're at TNU podcast and you can go to our website, the new Utah.com. Uh, and that's a really good place to go to find all kinds of cool shit to do in Utah and places to see. And, uh, there's so much stuff there. We get a lot of good traffic there. Um, and I think that's it. I don't know what else to say. I will tell you this, Bob and Harvey Weinstein own the rights and it predates streaming and since the rights have lapsed and nobody wants to work with the Weinsteins, that is why it has yeah, not been go. pushed to streaming. There you go. Because they're, they're fucking cocks. They man all over everyone. 